big star out of me. Make a film about a man who's sad and lonely. And all I gotta do is act naturally. Well, I'll bet you I'm gonna be a big star. Might win an Oscar, you can never tell. The movie's gonna make me a big star. Hello and welcome to Meet Me in the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II. And I gotta tell you, I've been a fan of Aaron Sorkin going back to his TV days, even before The West Wing. Uh, there was some work he did that I really, really uh, fell for. I loved his dialogue. I loved his approach to narrative and to doing it through characters. So when I heard about a year or so ago that he was working on a film based on the lives and the times relating to the trial of the Chicago 7, uh, I was intrigued, and I heard that from the cinematographer on that film, Fidon Papi Mikel. Now, Fidon Papi Mikel has worked on films like Ford vs. Ferrari, Sideways, Walk the Line. He's worked with Alexander Payne and James Mangold, Corpa Baginski, and so many more. And so uh, I had a chance recently, uh, when uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7 was first launching on Netflix, to interview Vidal and Papi Mikel, and I thought that I would share some of that interview with you right here on Meet Me at the Movies. I appreciate your time. Uh, we, uh, the last time we spoke was uh, Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. And, uh, well, this is very different. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, not, not physically moving very fast at all. <laughs> That's right. Mostly se seated in the same, same place. Um, but again, uh, actually, I used the same kind of camera and lensing because I really liked that on Ford vs. Ferrari. And Ford vs. Ferrari was kind of a prototype expanding the Panavision anamorphics and using the LF. Um, but, uh, I, you know, again, 60s. I just like what it does when I knew I'd, I had a challenge by, by having to cover all these people in the courtroom, which is 60% of the you know, movie pretty much takes place in a courtroom. And then again, like Ford versus Ferrari, it's a group of people interacting, trying to accomplish something. So I figured that kind of lensing, you know, closer with wider lenses, but not isolating them, you know, being able to rake down the bench and, you know, tying in. Like I, I always try to, I mean, it's pretty static, the movie in the courtroom. Yes. But, you know, again, trying to connect. And I mean, I only had 35 days. Uh, didn't always have extras to fill the courtroom, so I had to block shoot, you know, I had to shoot, like, away from the crowd, the judge, the jury, the defendant's box, the, where Abby, uh, Abby Hoffman and Jerry Rubin were sitting, I put them under the window so I could cover them. Right. But, you know, the other defendants, it was like an L-shaped table, they had the audience behind them, so I often had to save that for some other day where we actually had extras it was um you know very challenging um and then you know i'm 14 i'm 14 separate story screen days in the courtroom i mean the trial took uh, place over over six months you know um september 69 till february i think um 70 yeah february 18 1970 so you know, I wanted to show passage of time. It was not a stage. It was actually a location. It was this old uh, church. And then we built it 
uh, Shane Valentino, the production designer, built this courtroom in it. Had two bay windows. Actually, in the original, in reality, it was just a brown box, like a wood panel. that had no windows. Yeah. But Aaron Sorkin, you know, this movie was written 13 years ago, and then Aaron um, had talked to Steven a lot. It was written for Spielberg right. to direct. And then uh, first thing, when I met him, when I met Aaron, I mean, he's, you know, doesn't get too involved visually. But, I mean, he was like, Stephen told me, you know, make sure the courtroom has windows. You know, because probably Janish was going to shoot it and we was going to have these big beams coming in. And, you know, so anyway, but I figured, okay, well, uh, you know, might as well kind of apply different looks for the different courtroom days so we get a sense because it's very non-linear and very you know you cut you know there's i mean there's some scenes there's some uh courtroom day that i'm in in it for one line like there's a cop going yeah and i met abby Hoffman, like and it cuts yeah and uh, i said okay that's sunny because the scene prior to that i played more moody and overcast and wow you know, and because we're jumping back and forth and even sometimes you come back to the courtroom and it's chronologically even prior to or uh when we last were there i mean it's you know so it was a kind of a puzzle i had to put together like tracking all this thing and um so who did you have helping you make sure the continuity was a script supervisor yeah yeah she was great shane um uh she was great and um I would bring her every morning. I would do a floor plan and put all the camera. I had, I, I talked, I insisted on having three cameras in the courtroom because I just knew we wouldn't really get through it. And I, you know, also the actors, I mean, I hate when they have to keep doing it over and over again. Right. So I would put three cameras, you know, either on the judge, like wide, like over somebody, then, you know, medium or close, and then jury or uh, over, um prosecution to jury and judge and you know i would just group it but it was a lot of just checking off the boxes you know and then and then then shane was very helpful i mean aaron the way he writes and it's like he only needs to see who's speaking yeah yeah you know because that's when he writes and he sees it and he literally he'll close his eyes you know, when he's watching, I mean, not, he's just kind of listening to it. Yeah. And then if he hears it, he goes, that's good, right? We got it. Like, we can move on. I'm like, no, you know, yeah. we got <laughs> to shoot the jury. We got to shoot the judge. So we got to do this. And, um, you know, very different than working with James Mangold, who's, you know, very involved. And, right. Well, and this is, this is just the second film that Sorkin right. directed. And, you know, the way you're describing his directing makes sense because he is a person who thrives on dialogue. It's just the rhythm of the language. And then as a cinematographer, and, you know, he didn't have the best experience um, uh, on his first movie because, you know, it's not like you're hijacking the movie from him, but you are definitely, even I was saying, you should really get this shot. You should really get this shot. But if I had a strong sense that he goes, I don't, you know, same with the rights. I mean, you know, it's not like I can't really design shots 
that lasts too long because it's all about you know back and forth back and forth one line one line triggers this visual um you know so it's pointless to try to create some epic ride scene it's like we're taking the bridges it's two cuts like crop people coming onto the bridges one shot of the daily doses the national guard then one guy throwing a bottle he kept saying i need an insert of the bottle hitting the ground i'm like yeah we'll get that but right now we're setting up you know hundreds of extras national guard the tanks <laughs> I, need the ins I need the insert of the bottle hitting the ground i'm like because you know someone says it who threw the bottle right so for him it's all little triggers of you know one second two second shots yeah so you know you have to adopt to that and i mean that's our job as a cinematographer is to you know uh find a, a visual language for the way his mind works and i was i've, I've and I realize, you know, normally a movie, you know, I always feel like there are three stages to a movie when it's written and conceived. Mm -hmm. Then when you shoot it, right. you know, you win some, you lose some, but it definitely, you mold it into, you know, what you end up with and that you take to the editing room. And then in the editing room, you create what the movie is. You know, it's not a literary work. It's not a novel um you know goes through this process and 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 with aaron i would say it's much more like the way it's written it's kind of the way it's going to be yeah yeah well i mean for a film like this your shots are only going to work when the editing happens i mean the editing's got yeah, yeah. to bring that alive but you've got to know as you said from the lighting standpoint especially the lighting standpoint. Yeah, you got to track all that because it's very fragmented and nonlinear. And, but, you know, the editor, I mean, I was talking more so with the editor than I normally do because normally the director is, you know, checking in and stuff. I mean, and then Alan, you know, we talked before he started because he had cut Molly's game. And, I, you know, I, uh, Stuart Besser, the producer, had given me a heads up. He's the one who made the introduction with Aaron and, said look that's how he is so it wasn't like i mean i knew it going in but the editor was like please you know just get me you know get me other shots get me a, you know because i guess that was something that happened on the first one and i i think he's he's definitely learning he's in, it's not like a secret he says like i heavily rely on the cinematographer heavily rely on the editor um to show me and you know i mean I could tell he understood why I'm getting these shots. I mean, there's that one big interrogation scene, the mock trial when Kunstler is with Tom Hayden in the conspiracy office. And he goes, you know, and there's like, but all the other actors are present. There's like, a, you know, another eight guys in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't need to see anyone. I just need a close-up on him. And I'm, I'm like, but they're interacting. And then Abby Hoffman says... Oh, he said, the blood shall flow all across the city. But what he meant to say is our blood. He always does that. He doesn't use uh, possessive pronouns. And I go, we need a shot of Abby, right? But we also need to show him present that he's listening. Uh, he goes, no, I, I just want, <laughs> you know. And of course, you know, he says, so I have to find a shot that 
focuses on them, but also establishes that they're all hanging around. And, um, you know, then I have to have Abby step kind of forward out of the dark and say this thing. And then, you know, then Tom says, how do you, how you go? Oh, you read my book? Oh, yeah. He goes, I've read everything you've written. And then he goes, let Abby take the stand. You know, these are all important moments, but, you know, you got to find a way to tell that visually. I mean, it doesn't, it can't just play on, on, on Eddie Redmayne's close-up or on concert. Anyway, so, but it's, it's fine. It's, it's all good. It's, uh, I mean, that's the beauty of our job that we get to work with. I mean, very different kind of directors. I mean, Janusz Kaminski, uh, who's a very good friend, you know, he's always like, oh, you know, you're so lucky you get to work with, you know, I mean, Spielberg obviously is not a bad ticket to have for the last two decades. Right. Uh, it's gotten him two, nom two Oscars. And, but, um, but I remember when he did Diving Bell and Butterfly, you know, which was very different, you know, it's very refreshing for, you know, and I'm, I'm more fortunate. I have very different kind of directors like Alexander Payne, you know, done five movies with Mangold, yeah. uh, five movies and, Gore Vabinsky, very different kind of filmmaker, very technical, more knowledgeable than I am in terms of what you can do with the effects. And I mean, coming from commercials and Judd Apatow, completely different, uh, the opposite of Aaron, because he actually, you know, like with Aaron, like having uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was kind of problematic. I mean, and ended up being great. And but you know, Sasha is a writer, producer, director, right. has lots of ideas. His movies are all based on sort of making up shit as it goes. <laughs> and then that's the opposite of what Aaron wants. It's like, and then he's like, why is he wanting to make this different? And like it's fine, you know, it's like he's thought about it for you know 10 years. Yeah. Same with Alexander, you watch sideways. Um Sideways, when you watch it, it doesn't look, seem like written dialogue. Like the 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 the, the stuff between Paul Giamatti and 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 Thomas Hayden Church is just doesn't seem written. But it's actually, I mean, I remember Thomas Hayden Church saying one time, like, "Can I say this instead of that?" Like one word he wanted to change, and Alexander was like thinking about it for a really long time. Wow! And he goes, "Let's stick with the screenplay." Wow. Because, you know, these guys, like Alexander's a writer, Aaron's a writer, like they, there's a reason they chose that word and not that. Even if it's as banal of the word as, you know, I mean, it was a very, it seemed really not a big deal if you would have said that versus that. But he thought, I mean, he took, it took him like a minute to respond. He goes, let's stick with the screenplay. Wow. wow. And, you know, and so the dynamics were interesting because you had a very broad spectrum of talent. I mean, you had Mark Rylance, theater actor and director, yeah. uh, Eddie Redmayne, British, very disciplined, methodic actor, then Jeremy Strong, kind of methody TV, you know, I mean, can uh, like then Sasha Baron Cohen wanting to always try, you know, then uh, every, it was the dynamics were very interesting, you know, and and then me picking all the coverage and them coming like, well, this scene's also about me, my reaction. How come I'm not in this shot? I'm like, <laughs> I, I think I should have a close-up here. I'm like, I don't think Aaron wants it, but I'll get you in this shot. You know, it's like they realized I'm kind of <laughs> calling the shots. But 
I'm like, often I go, first of all, Aaron doesn't want you at all in this. <laughs> but I'll get you in this shot. Yeah. It was it was kind of funny. Yeah. Thank you for watching Meet Me at the Movies. Our guest, Fidon Papi Mikel, cinematographer, filmmaker extraordinaire. Uh, he's a master craftsman, absolutely. We're going to be back with more of our interview with him right here on Meet Me at the Movies after this quick intermission. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make a big star out of me. Listen up. Do you have a passion for cooking? A desire to learn more about the craft of professional food preparation? If so, now's a great time to check out Cleveland Community College's brand new Culinary Arts Academy. This exciting three-month program offers hands-on training for jobs in the food service industry. Across the nation, food service is one of the fastest growing industries. With your training at CCC's Culinary Arts Academy, you can compete for jobs in hotels, restaurants, conference centers, cruise ships, and other settings. Enroll in CCC's program and you'll gain in-depth training in food procedures, preparation, and commercial kitchen operations. Plus, the program includes a special add-on. You'll get your certificate in cardiopulmonary resuscitation, or CPR, training. You can earn good money, too. Depending on where you work, starting salaries range from $20,000 to $50,000. In just 12 weeks, you can be well on your way to gaining the know-how to handle food safely, properly, as a true professional. Now ask yourself, are you ready to start your journey today at CCC? They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies right here on C19 TV. And if you're listening through WGWG.org, we appreciate that as well. Vidan Papa Mikhail is an amazing cinematographer and has worked with some of the best. Uh, his most recent work can be seen on Netflix, the film, The Trial of the Chicago 7. We're going to go right back to that interview that I had with Vidan Papa Mikhail right now. You were shooting the last time we spoke because we were speaking during award season and uh, you were talking about it and you said, yeah, maybe next year I'll be able to talk to you about this Aaron Sorkin film that I'm working on about the Chicago 7. Yeah. Like, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. I mean, I'm actually uh, uh, glad I snuck it in because it came at the end of the year. I wasn't really going to do a movie. I mean, good thing I did one because as we all know, I mean, I haven't done much since uh, March. <laughs> yeah, it's been a different kind of a year, that's for sure. Yeah, um, uh, I actually directed, I mean, I've been in Greece. Uh, I don't know if you know I'm in Greece, right? I mean, I've been, um, I came here to visit my mom and with my family, and we've been in Europe this entire time. Wow. Uh, but I took advantage of our lockdown, and um, we I directed and um, um, and shot a, a, a sort of an indie, indie thriller yeah. here on a Greek island. So that, that was fun. And so I'm trying to finish that. So it's called, it's called Light Falls. It's a, a kind of a revenge thriller set on a, uh, in an abandoned hotel on a Greek island. And that, uh, and that was a very small crew. Uh, they, uh, you know, the entire cast was... Uh, I mean, it mostly takes place in this uh, group of five people. So it was like we were able to pull it off. We got through all the corona restrictions and, you know, knock on wood, no, no nobody. Um, but, you know, I mean, I just did a commercial in Slovenia and 12 people tested positive out of the crew of 100. Wow. 
Yeah. I, I was being tested every day, really deep up the nose. I kept telling her, I'm the cameraman. Like, you can't poke me, man. Like, it's affecting my vision. <laughs> uh, but she was, yeah. she was rough. Yeah. Something, uh, another thing you said to me a year ago, you said there's always a, a lesson you take with you from every project. There's always something that... Uh, you gain and you're able to learn from. And um, I think that's a beautiful thing about working and especially working with different people, no matter yeah. what your job is, you can, you can take life lessons with you. Was there a particular lesson or something you learned in uh, the trial of Chicago? Center? Yeah, I mean, definitely understanding that, you know, it's not just patterns that, you know, I've done 50 movies probably, um, you know, that I apply my same patterns. I do have to, understand what the director needs and what he wants and my job and my responsibility is um you know of course there's something of myself entering every frame i set and every light i set but i'm telling you know it's a director's medium i'm telling his story and uh as a cinematographer i have to uh, interpret their visions uh to the closest that you know exists in the head whether they can express it technically or not or like Gore Verbinski would always describe things to me in like cartoon sound effects <laughs> like no no the camera should move more like beep, 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 beep. <laughs> not like beep, 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 beep. you know I thought okay I got it you know and then I, like I did this in Bender's movie and then you know he didn't really give me any feedback but I grew up watching Bender's and Robbie Miller and you know, so I knew the aesthetics and, uh, you know, it looks like a Vendors movie when at the end of the day and I work with a completely, un, you know, on super indie in Republic of Georgia director and she couldn't, we couldn't really uh, even communicate, but she was dressing the set and I go, oh, I guess she was, we're shooting something here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would lay some track and and go, let's just do a take one so I could actually see what's happening. And, you know, obviously I did a lot uh, shooting the movie, but in the end, it looks like one of her other movies, you know? So that I think is for me, my biggest challenge and my, you know, to, and I really enjoy uh, the variety of, uh, of different approaches. And, and, but again, this was just another lesson of how important it is to, you know, not stick to your own patterns and yeah. you know and uh embrace and you know enjoy and get into the director's head and 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 to me it's all about human interaction just like we work with different crews this was all in new york yeah. new operators i couldn't bring any any of my guys from la new uh operators new gaffer new key grip and you know and, and it's like it's great like next week i'm going to morocco and doing a, you know, it's like, I'm sure it's going to be very different. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, the week before I was in Slovenia. I mean, it's it's just great. That's that's like, that's what's fantastic. You know, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. The film is The Trial of the Chicago 7. It is, it's honestly one of the best films of the year. It's uh, wonderful on a lot of different levels. Of course, you expect the writing to be there if Aaron's going to be connected to it. But uh, I've talked about the editing, the cinematography. I think this is one of those films, and even the, the score. I, I think uh, this is a film that everything clicked when you see that final project, uh, that final product, that final cut. 
And I was just blown away. It's one I've been looking forward to, honestly, since you started talking about it a year ago and I started researching and I said, oh yeah, I can't wait to see that film. And I'm glad I did. I wish it'd been on the big screen, um, but we have a big screen in our house, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, wow, uh, just a phenomenal film. And I'm glad that you're able to spend some time talking to us about it. Well, great. Thanks so much. That was a pleasure. Um, I can't tell you we'll have, uh, we'll talk again next year. <laughs> uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Light Falls will uh, uh, come out and then we can talk about That'd be great. Um, Any thoughts or final comments you want to share about this film? Um, well, I just, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy it came out right now. Um, 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 you know, our initially uh, my my initial reaction uh, when uh, Netflix bought it was like, oh, you know, I really shot it for the big screen. And then on second thought, I was like, it's a good it's a good movie to come. I, you know, it's I just want uh, as many people as possible to see it, yeah. which I'm sure. I mean, I know because I'm getting tons of emails from all over the world so people you know subscribe to i mean they have access to it uh and the reactions have been great um so uh you know i'm just happy it uh it came out now it's uh, affecting people i'm i'm very happy that um uh the response i've been getting and you know it's it, it was a a smaller film in a way i mean compared to you know the more spectacular Ford vs Ferrari, but I, I'm 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 really happy we got this made, and especially got it made this year. Yeah, there, there is something honestly about that Netflix model. Um, I was talking to Alfonso Cuarón for Roma uh, when that yeah. came out, and talking to um, the the lead uh, lead actress in that, and she said I was talking to her about that, and she said, "Well, she said the beauty of the Netflix model for her was that." where she lives, you have to drive two hours to the closest sure. movie theater. And so Netflix gave an opportunity for her community to be able to embrace it. And absolutely. Think about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm in a very small fishing village. They always want to see my movies. Uh, typically, they don't because they would have to drive to Athens, which is three hours away, like uh, sure, my fisherman's going to drive to Africa. Like, they all wanted to see Ford versus Ferrari. They're all into cars. Yes. And But nobody saw it. And uh, this, you know, they're like, I'm, I'm, I walk down the street, go to the baker. It goes, oh, I saw your movie, you know, about this court. Uh, you know, it's it's like everyone's seen it. So it's, That's I don't know. But, you know, I'm also, I'm also worried about, uh, you know, theatrical, the future of theatrical cinema. I mean, I, I, I'm sure it'll come back in some form. I hope it's not just for big event movies and Marvel movies. And, yeah. you know, I, because I, I grew up and I come from a generation where, you know, we saw, you know, uh, great dramas and we'd look forward to going to the theater. And even, you know, I mean, sure, I also saw Lawrence of Arabia, Ben Hur, but then I also, you know, would be looking forward to Manhattan or, right. uh, you know, seeing uh, quality uh, movies for not not really just for teenagers, and um, it's it's going to be interesting. We'll all have to see how we uh, recover from this, and so how the theaters recover, how the habits have changed of uh, uh, 
because look, it's tempting. I mean, I, I spend my time during lockdown and bought a nice 55 inch OLED. (laughs) Stuff looks great on it. I mean, you know, every, I'm sure a lot of people have improved their home viewing systems. Uh, I, I do hope we will get back sooner rather than later to that theatrical experience where, where you can have a lot of people and enjoy it. I'm not ready for that yet. Uh, it will happen, but who knows when? And you're right. Who yeah. are going to survive? Um, they're going to have to adapt and, and figure out how to, how to make it work. And as we've done, Kel, I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. It's really good to see you again. And All right. And take care, and uh, I look forward to seeing that uh, that film that you've been working on from the abandoned uh, hotel. <laughs> All right, well, yep, hopefully we'll get it out there. Awesome, take care. Thank you so much, always a pleasure. Good to see you, take care. Yes. All the best. Hope you've enjoyed our time right here on Meet Me at the Movies with an interview with Pitan Papamikhail, the cinematographer for The Trial, uh, The Chicago 7, which you can now find on Netflix, Aaron Sorkin's latest film, and it's only his second as director. Uh, We appreciate your time. Uh, You can always email us at info at c19.tv. And until next time, I am Noel T. Manning II, and that is a wrap.